What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share and like these messages with your friends and family, thank you so much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place and we hope that it helps them out in their daily life. Also, for those of you that are continuing to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. And for our new givers that are meeting the $10 challenge, thank you so very much for that. That helps us love more people, help more people, serve more people, and feed more people, and show the heart of God to our community. So thank you so very much for that. You know, sometimes in this life, life will catch you off guard, and we have to learn how to connect the dots. And when we do, sometimes as we're connecting the dots, we have to learn how to do something different. Today, we continue with our current series entitled Connecting the Dots, and over the past few weeks, I wanted to explain that to you in this way. At certain times in our life and during certain situations in our life, you and I are only given some of the picture. It's almost like we have this entire canvas, but just a few dots of information and no overall picture. Sometimes it's like we're only given some of the picture with this circumstance, some of the picture with this opportunity, some of the picture with this hurt, this pain, this struggle, this person in our life, this relationship in our life, or maybe this mountain that we have to climb. And here's the issue for most of us. In the beginning, when we're trying to connect the dots in different tough situations in our life, sometimes it takes us a while to figure things out. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but I have. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure out what we need to do and the choices we need to make and the decisions that we need to decide as we deal with very difficult emotions and very confusing thoughts as we walk through the fire. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure things out with this situation, with this circumstance, or even about what my life is supposed to look like. But what happens when you start connecting more of the dots and the picture just becomes more clear? And in this picture, when you start to see that more of the dots are getting connected and the pictures become Coming more clear as you go along, you're starting to realize this is not going to look like what I thought. This is not going to look like what I wanted it to look like. This situation is not going to turn out the way I imagined in my head. This relationship, this opportunity, this struggle is not going to turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out in my head. For instance, let's just take this as an example. At the beginning of any type of relationship, no matter what type of relationship that it is, we're only given a few dots of information about that person. Or even if it's about a new opportunity or maybe a new town that we're going to, we're only given just a few dots of information. But what we like to do is this. We like to take those few dots of information, not the entire picture because we don't have it yet. We like to take those few dots and we like to fill in the blanks. And in our mind, we create this final picture like it's just fantastic. But we didn't create that final picture from the full picture. We only created that final picture from just a few dots of information. And what we did was we took the blanks and we filled in the rest of the blanks with assumptions, assuming this is going to turn out really good. And sometimes it ends up not the way that we want it to. So I always tell people in their life. Anytime you're starting to connect the dots to always remember this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. When you're connecting the dots, there are so many things that you just don't know yet. When you're connecting the dots with this opportunity, there's so many things that you don't know yet. When you're connecting the dots with this new job, this new town, this new struggle, there's so many things that you just don't know yet, or even a new relationship, there's so many things. For instance, over the past few weeks, we talked about this. If you don't know how someone argues when they're angry, then you don't truly know them yet. That's an example of connecting more of the dots. If you don't know how someone controls their impulses, if you don't know how someone allows their feelings to affect their choices, then you don't truly know them fully yet. That would be an example of you connecting more of the dots as you go along. Or for example, today, if you don't know how someone 
and keep score due to unforgiveness. Because a lot of people do that. A lot of people choose to forget the good and only remember the bad, and they keep score. So if you don't know how someone keeps score just yet, this would be another example of you not fully knowing them yet and connecting more of the dots as you go along. Sometimes it's okay to not create the final picture in your head. And so in this series, what we want to do is this. We want to learn how to connect the dots so life stops catching us off guard. But sometimes we want to let some of these dots play out so it stops hurting our heart and our faith and our story. And sometimes this is why we have a hard time connecting the dots. Sometimes you and I are missing something, one thing. And this one thing, if we do this, it'll absolutely help you and I connect more of the dots in our life as we go through our most difficult situations, but we need this one thing. The question is, what is it? I remember several years ago when I was living in Starks and I was pastoring a church there in Starks. One day I went to Beaumont. I went shopping. It was right before the holidays. And as I came home back to my house, it was about a 45-minute drive from Beaumont back to Starks. I pulled into my driveway and I look into my garage and I see something underneath the dryer vent. Now, you got to understand that right past my backyard in Starks, was a man who lived there with his huge pond, a big yard, and he really didn't keep it up. And so water moccasins were always crawling their way from that pond over into my yard. Sometimes when I would mow my backyard with my riding lawnmower when I was finished, I would see pieces of dead snake everywhere, and you could smell them. It was awful. And so as I pull up into my driving way that day, and I look in my garage, and I see right under my dryer vent, I notice this long black thing moving around, and what it was was a water moccasin trying to get into my house through the dryer vent. Now, this is something you need to know about me. I don't care what kind of snake it is. People say, that's a good snake. There's no such thing as a good snake. I don't believe in good snakes. Any type of snake just terrifies me, man. It'll send me running and screaming. So anyway, I'm sitting in my car and I know I can't go into my house because there's a snake right there. And I can't just let it stay there because it's trying to get inside my house. And I certainly don't want a water moccasin inside my house. So I sat there and I hesitated until I could build myself up to making that choice. I sat there and I hesitated until I could build up enough strength inside of me, enough enough whatever I needed, this one thing, it was something inside of me to get out of my car and deal with this snake. But man, I was hesitating. And then I remembered in my trunk there's some old golf clubs that my dad gave me a long time ago that I never use. So man, I turned my car off and I went to my trunk and I got one of those, I got a three iron. And I promise you this, that snake ended up into about a million pieces. It was unavoidable. But I had to build myself up to make that choice. Now, let me ask you something. If you're still with me, I'm still with you. What are some difficult choices that we need to make today? What are some very hard, difficult choices that you know that you need to make today, but you haven't just yet because you're still trying to build yourself up to it? Have you ever been there? You know, if I keep going down this pathway, it's going to end up in a bad destination. I know I have to make this decision. But man, it's a difficult decision, and it produces so much anxiety inside of me that I'm hesitating. I need this one thing because I'm trying to build myself up to it. Notice what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 32. This is very familiar, and you will know the truth. 
and the truth will set you free. So understand that Jesus says it's not just the truth that sets you free, but it's actually knowing the truth that sets you free. It's knowing the truth about yourself. It's knowing the truth about your emotions. It's knowing the truth about your patterns. It's knowing the truth about your excuses. It's knowing the truth about your heart. It's knowing the truth about your relationships. It's knowing the truth about your circumstances. Once you get truthfully honest with yourself and you know the truth, then we can make changes that actually last in our life as we connect more of the dots. But also keep this in mind this morning. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Before the truth sets you free, it usually makes you very, very miserable. It's a painful process to finally accept the honest truth about why we give up so easily. It's a painful process to finally accept the honest truth about why you continue to have relationship problems or health problems or financial problems or emotional problems or problems in your faith. But it's this misery that can motivate us to finally step out of the boat and make changes in our life that last. Let me ask you some questions. The first question is this. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Do you constantly let yourself down? Does it feel like you're constantly letting yourself down? Does it seem like you always disappoint yourself because of your choices and your mistakes, because of your habits and your reactions, because of your anger and your words that you wish you could change? We let ourselves down all the time. Sometimes the truth makes us painfully miserable before we allow it to set us free. Another question, if you're still with me, Sam, still with you. What do you keep doing to satisfy you right now that you always regret tomorrow? This is a miserable cycle to live in. We make, uh, we make relationship choices to try to satisfy us right now. We make unhealthy choices. We make emotional choices. We make impulsive choices to try to satisfy us right now, but we always regret those choices tomorrow, later on down the road. And then what do we say again? I let myself down again. Matthew chapter 16 today, verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. So notice that Jesus already right now has a very focused vision about where he is taking his life. He is taking his life to the cross, and then after that, the resurrection. And so he had to have a very focused motivation to do this, but he also had to have something else. And it's the one thing that we're talking about today, that one thing many times that we're missing. And we, we understand that one thing that he had when he says that he understood that he must suffer many terrible things. Look at verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. So Jesus has this very specific motivation, this very specific vision about where his life is going to end up and the mission of his life. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to be free from death. I'm going to step out of the tomb. But before I can rise from the grave, I have to go through the misery of the cross, the necessary misery of the truth, the necessary misery of the cross before I can have the new day of the resurrection. And Peter didn't know that. And so he was becoming a distraction right here, trying to distract Jesus from accomplishing his ultimate mission for his life. Verse 23. 
Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. So right here, Jesus gets really, really focused and really, really determined really, really quick. I have a vision and I cannot accomplish the resurrection unless I go to the cross. And so Peter, right now you're a distraction and this distraction is trying to trap me. So let's make this simple. Ask yourself this question, your life, what could it be? A vision for a better life starts in our heart, in our faith, and in our mind that we have our relationships, but what could our relationships be and what should they be? We have our finances, but what could our finances be and what should they be? We have our health, we have our family, we have our peace of mind, we have our peace in our emotions, we have our relationships, we have our faith, we have our walk with God, we have our service to Jesus, and deep down we have a vision. We know what it could be and we know what it should be. And it should be and could be better than what it is right now. So when you get a focused vision for your life, this is what you do. You get a mental picture of what your life is supposed to look like and what you want to look like and where God is leading you. You get a focused mental picture of what your life could be and what your life should be. And that's the passion that motivates you. But there's something else that we need. And if we don't get this something else, we'll never learn how to make lasting changes last and we'll never connect the dots. And so this is the one thing that we need. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Remember this today. It's courage. And here's a great definition for courage in the Scripture. Notice this this morning. Courage is the strength to face your current pain, confusion, grief, storm, or difficult decision. Courage is the strength to do what you've always talked yourself out of doing. Courage is the strength to do what you've always been afraid to do and what everyone else is afraid to do. So let's look at four different stories from the text today about courage, and let's see how these stories can apply to our daily life right now, here today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. We pick up in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 11. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So notice what Moses did. God called Moses to be a leader, to go back to Egypt and to lead God's people, the nation of Israel, out of Egyptian slavery. Moses started to make excuses. God, I don't speak well well, I can't speak in front of people, but it's very ironic that the book of Acts said that Moses was mighty in words and mighty in deeds, which meant Moses was just making an excuse. He told God, I have a speech impediment. I can't be a leader. And God says, you can do this. And so then this is what God called him to do. Moses had to face his fears by going back to the place where his fears began. Moses had to face his fears by going back to the place where his fears began, and that was Egypt. Moses gained courage because he took a step and trusted that God would be with him through this pain, and God would be with him through this valley, and God would be with him through this journey. And this act of courage inspired all of his other fellow Jews to rise up and follow him out of slavery too. That's what courage does. When you're willing to do what you've always been afraid to do and what other people are afraid to do, it always causes you to inspire others and be a leader. But this is what this story teaches us. Sometimes you and I need courage to face the past. And so understand this today and think about this. 
What are some unresolved experiences, heartache and pain from your past that you have been avoiding to this very day because you're too anxious to deal with it? Have some courage. God is love and he will walk with you every single step of the way. The next story is this. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, young David, as a teenage boy, goes to defeat the giant Goliath. All the other Israelite soldiers were afraid to face Goliath. They were all hiding. They were running from him. They were not going to fight. But on this day, David, as a young teenage boy, decided to do, have some courage, what everyone else was afraid to do. And he went and he faced the giant Goliath and killed him with a slingshot and a stone. That inspired all the other soldiers in Israel to rise up and fight, which leads me to a thought. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Sometimes we need the courage to face impossible situations. David had courage because in his heart he knew God was faithful. He's helped me defeat enemies in the past. He can do it again. And in the same way today, we can have courage because we know that God is faithful. And when we do, we need courage to face this impossible situation. Question, what are some experiences that you're not tackling right now because you think they're just too impossible? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to deal with this. I'm just not going to deal with this right now because it just seems impossible to overcome. So maybe the first step you need is to have some courage and overcome your fear of failure. Courage is the strength to face your current pain, confusion, adversity, or storm. The next story is this. In the Old Testament, in Esther chapter 4, we see that Esther goes before the king, breaking the law so she could help save some people from destruction. And so she took a big risk to do the courageous thing because she wanted to do the right thing. That leads me to another thought, and this is what it is. Remember this today. Sometimes we need the courage to take a big risk. And sometimes we have to take a big risk because we know that we have to do the right thing. And courage demands that we do the right thing for our life, our faith, our inner peace, our future, and our relationships. And then the very last story is this in Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. Notice what it says. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me. For I've been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. In this story, Daniel is thrown into a den of lions for not worshiping false idols and for choosing to worship God, Yahweh, Jehovah, and Jehovah only. And so because of that, they throw him into the lion's den and he does not give in. They threatened his life and he does not give in. So the last thought is this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Sometimes we need the courage to not give in. So understand something today. We don't just need focus. We don't just need strength. We don't just need vision. We don't just need endurance. But sometimes in order to connect the dots, we also need courage. At times, we find ourselves in the lion's den of sadness and fear. Don't give in because every step of the way, if you trust God, he can shut their mouths. Sometimes we find ourselves in the lion's den of confusion, uncertainty, heartache. Don't give in because every step of the way, God can shut their mouths. Sometimes we find ourselves in the lion's den of loneliness and grief and feelings of failure. Don't give in because if we trust God every step of the way, he can shut their mouths. Have some courage today and let's face our giants. Have some courage today, and let's face our lions, our storms, our past, our impossible situations. Let's take a big risk. Let's face our struggles and never give in. And when you do this, your courage will inspire other people to rise up and do the same thing. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for joining in. Remember, our two services on Sunday are back open, live and in person, 9.30 and 11.15. We would love to see you live and in person, but if not, we cannot wait to see you back online next week, and we love you all.